before I open up God's Word and share the thoughts that God has given me for today, let me just uh, cover two things. Number one, let me remind you that at the end of the meeting today, we are going to conclude with communion. So if you haven't gotten that prepared yet, you still have a little bit of time to do that. Uh, and uh, we posted a survey on our website, which is belmontag.org. Uh, we are preparing and making plans to reopen, uh, Lord willing, sometime in July. Uh, but we've got this little survey that we are asking those who regularly attended our our services to please uh, get on that uh, website and, and check out that survey, participate in that. Uh, we just want to glean information on your thoughts regarding our eventual reopening. So we appreciate it if you do that uh, so much. Now, to the word that God's put in my heart. I know by now that all of us are familiar with the injustice that occurred uh, in George Floyd losing his life. Um, this word injustice is going to be a big word for us today. It means an unfair or wrong treatment. The injustice that was done to George Floyd in that he was treated unfairly or the the, the treatment that he received was wrong, and it ended up costing his life. And we have uh, now, obviously, all of the demonstrations all around our nation uh, because of this injustice, wanting to make sure that uh, justice is served and that going forward we have uh, uh, police and uh, others in law enforcement acting in a just fashion, and that's fine. Uh, but today, I want to really focus in on this word injustice and help us all to understand that injustice does come in many forms. Because of our sinful nature, every single one of us, the Bible teaches us, is born with a sinful nature, which means it is just natural for us to sin. And sin comes in many forms as well. One of them is the sin of injustice. And as we look at that, uh, we recognize that our history, because of man's sinful nature, our history is really replete with all kind of acts of injustice. I mean, when we look at it, our country uh, was birthed because of injustice. The pilgrims left Europe because they were treated unjustly with regard to their religion. They wanted to be able to worship God with freedom that was not allowed in Europe. Uh, and so because they were treated unjustly, they left Europe to come to uh, what now we know as America so that they can practice their uh, religious uh, freedom. And then when this country obviously uh, began to uh, unfold and began to grow, we all know that there's a horrific injustice that's done through slavery, where uh, black people specifically were uh, allowed to be enslaved in our nation for so many decades. And our history globally is replete as well with injustice. Come on, we know the Holocaust uh, where uh, the 
incredible injustice occurred among the, the Hebrew nation, and, pe- and they were just killed simply because they were Jewish. And let's not forget that Christianity, our history is tainted with injustice. The Crusades lasted 200 years. Thousands upon thousands of lives were destroyed unjustly because of the name of Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, imagine that, in the name of Jesus Christ, thousands of lives were killed during the crusade. And if we just take a a quick walk through our Bible, I mean, biblically, we know that King Saul committed acts of injustice in his attempt to kill David, right? We know that King Saul was jealous of David, uh, and because of that, he began to unjustly pursue David to kill him and did all kinds of things, all in the effort to get rid of the one man that God had his hand on his life. And let's not forget Herod, King Herod. Remember when the Magi came, the wise men came to see him and told him uh, that, that the Messiah was born, the king of the Jews. And uh, when he discovered about what time it was, he sent soldiers to kill hundreds, if not thousands, we don't know, of babies, all because he wanted to make sure that he would remain king and not the Messiah. And the greatest Injustice of all was the killing of our Lord Jesus Christ. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary is man's greatest injustice. See, acts of injustice are as old as Cain and Abel, where the first murder occurred simply because one brother was jealous against another. Now, please don't misunderstand me. What what happened to George Floyd was definitely an act of injustice, and it needs to be corrected. However, looting, the destruction of property, violence, these are also acts of injustice. Dr. Martin Luther King said this, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. You cannot fix, correct injustice with more acts of injustice. You and I need to recognize today, need to be reminded from God's word. There are acts of injustice all around us. But that does not give us a license to correct that act of injustice by us committing further acts of injustice. I believe that it's fine and right for us to do demonstration, to to ask our government to get involved and to to, uh, do some things that will hopefully correct the issues, the injustices that continue to occur in our nation. But I believe it's wrong for us to now destroy property, to commit acts of violence. People have literally died and been shot during these demonstrations. These are not 
acts of justice. May God help us today to recognize that you cannot correct an injustice with another injustice. Moreover, here's what I've discovered in my lifetime. Laws will never eradicate injustice. Laws, in other words, can't correct injustice. I mean, we already have laws on our books against acts of injustice. They're there already. But the law has never been able to change the heart of man. See, acts of injustice are birthed in the heart of man. And laws, however right and good that they are, we need to be reminded today that laws cannot correct injustice because laws cannot correct cannot deal with the human heart. You and I need to recognize that there's only one way for injustice to be corrected. The 29th Psalm, the 26th verse says this, Many seek an audience with a ruler, but it is from the Lord that one gets justice. You see, what the Bible is telling us is we can try to seek an audience with our mayor. We can try to seek an audience with our governor. We can try to seek an audience with our president. And that's all fine. But the Bible is reminding us the one who gives justice is the Lord. Only the Lord can truly give justice. Only the Lord can correct injustice. Why? Because only the Lord can deal with the hearts of man. In fact, Let's look at a promise that most of us as believers in Christ love. We know this verse. We, we cling to it oftentimes. But let's look at it afresh and anew today. Holy Spirit, help us open our eyes today and see this verse in a fresh way. It's 2 Chronicles 7.14. The Bible says, this is God speaking, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Notice the Bible is very clear. God speaking is saying, if my people, my people, those who are called by my name, uh, for that's, that's the church, the people who have embraced Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who are sealed with the Holy Spirit, we are the people of God. And notice, uh, God is saying, I understand that there is problems in the land. I understand that the land needs healing. But if, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then... I will hear from heaven, and then I will forgive their sin, and then I will heal their land. The church, God's people, are the key to our nation being healed of the injustices that are, have occurred and sadly will continue to occur. God has promised to respond to the prayers of his people. That's a good place for you to say amen in your home. Now, notice, though, that before we get to praying, something else has to transpire. If my people who are called by my name 
will humble themselves. There is a humility that has to take place in the hearts of the people of God before we pray. Before we lift up our voice and ask God to heal our land, we first have to acknowledge that in our own hearts, we have been guilty and are guilty of committing acts of injustice. In other words, uh, there are, as I mentioned, there are different forms of, of injustice that occurs in the land. Uh, there's the racial uh, uh, it, bias that uh, has occurred, that, that took George, uh, Brother George's life, that, that, that racial bias that you see that somebody, uh, an act of injustice, a wrong is committed because of the color of their skin. But there's also uh, uh, injustice that occurs because of someone's social status. There's injustice that occur because of someone's economic status. There have been injustices that occur, injustice based upon someone's gender, where a female, there's injustice committed against females because they are considered less than men in, in, men, in some men's eyes. There are all forms of injustice that we need to look at. And whether it's Racially bi racial bias or whether it's bias that's based on someone's social or economic or gender status. Let's look at what Jesus spoke to his disciples about in how you and I, why we need to humble ourselves before we lift up our voice and ask God to heal our nation. In Matthew's gospel in chapter 7, I'm reading in verse 3. Jesus speaking, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So notice, in this teaching, Jesus is talking about the fact that before we look to correct an injustice in somebody else's life, we need to first examine our, our own life to make sure that there is no injustice that we are guilty of. And notice the relationship. Jesus said the, the one that you're trying to correct in someone else's life is a speck compared to this plank that's in your own eye. Uh, I think what Jesus is trying to teach us is that we have this human tendency to think that our sin is less than the sin of our brother or that another person. In other words, we tend to look down at somebody's sin as worse than our own sin. And Jesus reversed this thing by saying, no, your sin in my eyes is always greater than the sin of the person next to you. And you need to look at it that way, that yes, this, there was a horrific act of injustice, but there are many acts of injustice that continue to occur every single day, even in the church, even in the church. And before we can correct acts of injustice in the world, I believe the Lord is teaching us that we need to make sure that our own house is cleansed and purified of acts of injustice. The incredible thing about the Lord is that he already knows 
that our hearts are desperately wicked. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah that the heart is desperately wicked and no one can know it. We have a tendency to think that we are much more righteous, much more holy than we truly are. We have this tendency to look at and say, what happened in Minnesota, that was horrific. And that we need to get justice for that. And I agree 100%. But then I'm also aware of the fact that God has pointed out the injustice that happens in my own heart. Oh, we don't like to talk about it. We don't like to admit it. But there are attitudes of injustice that we have in our heart that govern the actions that we say, that govern the words that we speak. And I thank the Lord that as today we are celebrating communion, it helps us to remember the great sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how it's through his sacrifice that you and I can find the forgiveness for our sin. In Acts chapter 13, in verse 38 and 39, the Bible says, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. In other words, here we have the teaching that it's the gospel of Jesus Christ the fact that the Son of God died on the cross of Calvary for your sin and my sin, it's through his sacrifice that we receive justification. Justification simply means that we are placed in a right standing before God, not based upon our religion, not based upon our own personal morality, but based upon what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. Notice uh, Paul was very clear when he said, excuse me, Dr. Luke, when he wrote the book of Acts, he said, you will never gain justification in God's sight by observing the law. None of us are ever declared right in God's sight by observing the law. It's only through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 puts it this way. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? And one more in Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. We are saved through faith and grace as we embrace Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And at that moment, we are justified. We are declared right in God's sight. All of our sins are wrong, are put under the blood of Jesus Christ Praise the Lord for that. I thank God for the precious blood of Jesus Christ because only his blood can truly justify us in God's sight. And so as the people of God, this, in this Christian journey, 
though we are declared just in God's sight, we have to make sure that our lifestyle now can be justified by God. In other words, we have to make sure uh, that we, the people of God, humble ourselves and recognize that, that we have biases in our hearts of one form or another, that we uh, have these uh, attitudes, the, the, these mindsets that are unbiblical, unscriptural, that, that elevate us to a position by putting others down, an injustice that occurs. It is my belief that if you and I, as the people of God, will humble ourselves and acknowledge that it begins with us. Change in this world begins in the house of God. As Dr. King said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Only light can do that. What does that mean? Well, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He also declared that he was the light of the world. And his light shines through the people of God, through his people. The church is supposed to be the beacon of light in the darkness. And only God's people, as they humble themselves, as change occurs in the house of God, then we will see change occur in this world. If the church remains in darkness, the world will remain in darkness. If there's prejudice in the church, there'll be prejudice in the world. It begins in the house of God. The Bible teaches us judgment always begins first in the house of God. And the Bible teaches us something wonderful here, a promise that we have from God. In the book of Habakkuk, in the Old Testament, in chapter 1, Listen, verse 2, how long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed, and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Now, here's God's answer, verse 5. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Worship team, if you would come back up, please. The promise of God. Yes, there's injustice that's going on. Yes, we need to cry out to God for it because if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will heal their land. God put this simple word in my heart for all of us today to remind us that, yes, we see injustice, but we need to first look in our own heart. Before we 
try to correct injustice outside. Let's look at the, our own heart under the light of the Holy Spirit and God's Word and ask that simple question. Lord, what injustice am I guilty of? Is there an attitude in my heart that's biased in one way or another? Do I consider myself better than other people because of the color of their skin or because of their social status or economic status or gender? Is there an attitude that is dripping with injustice that's just wrong in your sight? I believe if we ask those questions honestly before God, if we humble ourselves and let the Holy Spirit expose that and begin to cleanse that and re as we repent of that. I believe the blood of Jesus will then cleanse and purify us so that we, once again, will be justified in God's sight. And then we will be in a position to pray, God, the work that you are doing in my heart, would you do that in my community? Would you do that in my city, God? Would you do that in my state, God? Would you do that in, in my nation, God? Then we can lift up our hearts collectively together and ask God to do in this nation what he is doing in our own heart.